T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's 10:08 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Morati Show. Your host, Will Morati, legendary Joey Burgoyne, filling in for Matt Sorais today, and uh, good to have Joey as always. Waiting for your calls today: 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Got Chris Powell on the line, and uh, we we'll take Chris now. I just want to give a shout out to the Amen Choir this morning. Down a little bit, numbers down a little bit. Kevin S, Angelo A, Lonnie Moe. Carol J, Donna R, Todd P, Simon L, Tom B, Carol L, the infamous WBD <laughs> on Twitter, uh, Rudy, Gigi, Tom B, and I think I think Tom B and Marlene B are connected. Uh, uh, Marlene B, I'm not sure, but maybe. Michelle F, Mark, and there's two Tom Bs today, which is interesting. Uh, uh, Mar- Michelle F, Mark M. Uh, so far for amens, you may submit your comments, amens on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, same handle, all, all four accounts, at Will Marotti. Um, you know, the Department of Children and Families has always been a uh, tough place to work. I, you know, as a pastor, I've had a number of interactions with them over the years. Um, I would say mostly positive couple of negatives. Uh, I'm a mandated reporter, so a couple of times I've, I've actually had to exercise that responsibility. Um, but they've been under control, outside control, for a long time. Uh, a, a lot of problems, uh, a lot of mismanagement, a lot of uh, um, federal court supervision. goes all the way back to the 80s, I think. Anyway, Chris, Chris has written on this recently. Title of the article, uh, DCF is fixed in only 32 years. Okay, I didn't know it was that long. A disaster in education. Join us now, the former managing editor of the Journal Inquirer, the one and only Chris Powell. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, well, great to be with you. Um, let, let's talk about this a little bit. I know it was a few days ago when you published this, uh, this, this piece, but um, I'm very interested in, in DCF because, again, I've had interaction with them. Uh, we have a daycare, and occasionally it, it, it intersects with, with, with those folks. Um, why was it under government uh, 
oversight, and why was over under government oversight for so long? Well, it, it was under uh, the federal court's oversight be, because uh, <laughs> starting, I don't know, 32 years or so ago, uh, some uh, social work type people sued because the department was doing a terrible job, and I could not uh, dispute that. I had uh, some pretty intimate experience with DCF cases uh, back in, uh, I think, the late 70s, uh, early 80s, uh, some horror stories that developed in uh, my newspaper's circulation area, and uh, I just uh, saw police reports and saw that uh, the department was not only... uh, Incompetent. Uh, they were lying about what uh, happened. I uh, remember meetings with two particular commissioners uh, who were uh, morons, I'm afraid, and, and lying morons at uh, at that. And uh, you know, so I had to uh, uh, accept that the uh, the lawsuit was uh, was well grounded. I, I did resent that uh, the department itself facilitated the lawsuit. It wanted to get under federal court supervision so it could get more money it uh, really what? was you know playing on the other side of the, the they the wanted street, they wanted federal court intervention yeah the the uh, just before the lawsuit was brought the uh, the department granted special access to a Hartford current reporter which was contrary to uh, to law and uh, let her examine some particular cases and she had access to uh, identities of uh, you know both the uh, social workers and the uh, the kids and the families involved in investigations. Oh my gosh. She she wrote she wrote a series of stories about all the difficulties and problems that the uh, uh, that the department had. When I asked for the same access for my newspaper, I was yeah. uh, denied. So the the department really helped wow. set up the lawsuit against itself, uh, and I, I resented that. On the other hand, I had to accept that. The department uh, was not well managed, and uh, it was, you know, probably understaffed uh, as well. Um, the uh, state agreed to let the federal court uh, supervise the department, and for, you know, 30 years, the federal court did supervise the department. And every time uh, the department did something, the uh, federal court could weigh in on it. And it was usually uh, a matter of staffing. No, you're not doing, you know, enough here, and you're not doing enough there. But now, uh, according to the uh, federal court monitor, uh, the uh, department is doing much better. There's uh, much more attention to particular cases. The department social workers. Uh, have uh, fewer cases to uh, to, to monitor. Uh, <clears throat> there's uh, better results. Uh, there's uh, uh, very few placements of, of troubled uh, kids out of state. Uh, most kids who have to be uh, resettled uh, away from a, a, a dangerous home are are placed with uh, relatives or friends of the uh, the family. Uh, all the measures that the the court and the department itself were were, were using are, are much improved, and I think we can be we can be very uh, grateful for that. The, so the federal supervision has uh, has ended, and uh, everybody's trusting the uh, legislature to continue to appropriate for the, the department, so that the uh, social worker burden is uh, is not as high as it was uh, decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, you know, look, I. <laughs> 
I, I, I can pound on the uh, department as, as well as uh, anybody over the, the cases <laughs> I was involved with year, years ago. I, I yeah. have to admit that uh, things are a lot better. They're also yeah. a lot more transparent. Uh, they, they, several recent commissioners made a point of of being much more accountable about particular cases. We have a uh, state child advocate now that uh, investigates and reports on uh, uh, fatalities and other bad things that uh, that happen, and some of these things are are are, are inevitable. So I, you know, I don't uh, I don't pound on the department as much any anymore because they are more transparent and they they are doing a mm-hmm. a much better job. And as you noted, it's a, a terribly uh, difficult and and thankless job. What I, mm-hmm. I what does disturb me is that uh, uh, state government uh, does not address uh, what I think is the central question uh, here, which is where are all the messed up kids coming from? Uh, What in public policy is uh, uh, encouraging, facilitating all the child neglect we have in in Connecticut? I I can make some uh, suggestions as to the causes here, but state government doesn't care about that. Uh, It's... uh, uh, you know, it's it's like uh, the, the solution in state government to uh, <clears throat> to a flooded basement would be, uh, you know, just getting more buckets for bailing. It would never be to repair the broken pipe. And uh, uh, you know, that's, that's so that's the problem really I have with the, the child welfare situation. Can I kind of, and also, of course, uh, should it really have taken 30 years to fix right, the Department right. of Children and Families? Uh, uh, you know, that's <clears throat> I think the answer there is obvious. I mean, I, I think uh, I think part of the reason the state doesn't really come on full full force to try to tackle it is because they don't want to get involved, and and part of it is because they can't fix it. You and I both know that part of the problem here, why so many kids are absent from school, failing in school. You know, a lot of the problem is a breakdown of the family, and particularly in the black community where there's a tremendous uh, lack of father fathers and father figures in the family. Uh, it's a it's a generational problem. It goes on for decades and decades and decades, and that's not really something the state's good at. That's something that you know I think churches could be better at. I think churches could play a, a better role. Churches, synagogues could play a better role in that in terms of helping helping families. But uh, this is a this is a, a, a problem that that's been going on for for years. And in in you know, mostly cities, inner cities, we know that. But that's not something the state's going to jump in. That's not something the, the state wants to talk about for fear of, of offending the, the people that vote for the politicians that support them. Yeah, well, there, there, there are state policies here that facilitate childbearing outside marriage. And, you know, I think they really should be, should be examined. But uh, you're, there's, there's no political courage to, uh, to examine, examine that. And uh, yeah, no matter how high the correlation between fatherlessness and and you know troubled uh, child lives is, uh, state government just won't look at that. Uh, you know, part part of it is that you know people are afraid of being called racist for noting the racial disproportions and and uh, and bad results here. Uh, but you know, I I don't think you can blame any. Any particular uh, group of people here, except uh, except legislators, uh, we uh, we tell people it's all right to have children outside marriage, and we we subsidize what is really sure. the worst yeah. antisocial behavior there there is, which is which is child neglect. Uh, you know, kids kids need two parents in the home. Uh, 
poverty is a matter of, in many cases, uh, if not most, it's a it's a matter of uh, of having only one parent, not uh, not two. And until we until we address that, uh, we're going to need a Department of Children and Families. Well, I never, I'll never forget the study that came out years ago, and not that many years ago. I would say the last five or six years, and uh, and it said clearly the safest place for kids to be is in a two-parent home. Now, not that there's not problems, not there's, but I I tell people all the time when it, like issues of divorce, if you've got kids, you got to think long and hard about what you're doing to your kids and and maybe it's time to put on your big boy pants your big girl pants and fix this thing and work it out if if for no other reason for the sake of the kids i mean nobody ever came to me and said hey you know i want to get married on july 2nd uh, 2022 and on on october 14th 2026 we're going to get divorced i mean nobody ever came to me and said that right it's never a plan but but i think people get i think the whole concept of people living together it's too cavalier. I don't think people consider it enough. I don't think people consider sometimes marriage enough. I think they enter it too lightly, and then and then they have kids, and then the kids end up being the victims, and it, and it infuriates me when it happens. But what are you going to do? I mean, you just can't uh, can't make people do stuff. You can't make them behave properly. You know, it just yeah. they're going to do what they're going to do. Well, you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm totally libertarian about people's personal lives. Uh, I think the. The public interest, the state interest, the government interest here is how children are treated. If you're going to have kids, you have to devote yourself to their welfare and, uh, you know, make sure they are well cared for and, uh, you know, well guided until they are able to go off uh, on their own. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the social studies data shows that uh, you know it, it usually works when you've got two parents and you know an extended family yeah. l- looking after the uh, the kids you can't have enough people watching over you uh, you know to 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 love you and and guide you I wouldn't go so far as uh, <laughs> to quote Hillary or uh, not the village no, please don't village. don't uh, don't do it Chris you know, it was, you know, you know, parents and grandparents and uh, you know, uncles and aunts. Uh, that that'll do pretty pretty well. Yeah, uh, I mean, it can, and sometimes that, it has to. Yeah, when you don't have that support system, you're you're at uh, you're at great risk. And what do we do in Connecticut and really you know throughout the country when uh, uh, you know somebody uh, has kids and, uh, and 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 no no husband? Uh, you know, we we subsidize that, and and in fact. Everybody knows that. Look, when when you and I were growing up a uh, hundred years ago, uh, you know, for you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> young men were were terrified yeah. about getting their girlfriends quote in trouble. And, of course, uh, that you know was uh, was was a that's the worst. That's the worst thing you could hear, right? I'm pregnant. That's like the worst possible nightmare for a young guy. Yeah. Well, that was a greater fear than nuclear war, and now yeah. it's no big deal because <laughs> now it's right. uh, everybody knows that. Oh well, you know, you, you, you get pregnant, you're, you you got no uh, boyfriend or husband taking care of you. Uh, that's okay. Government will take care of it, and you know what? Government government will. You know, we'll feed you and give you a Section 8 voucher and, sure. you know, some, you know, medical insurance that, you know, not, not every doctor will take. And uh, But, you know, it's it's a life of poverty. And, you know, just as important, it's a, it's a life of, 
of parental neglect. Uh, you know, it's it's hard enough to for two people to take care of a child. I mean, sure. for one person, it's it's even worse. And yet, Connecticut's full of households of uh, women who have uh, you know three and four kids by three or four different men. Well, but, but we uh, promote mean, that, Chris. We promote it. But we promote it by dodging moral questions. We promote it by incentivizing financially those kinds of circumstances. I mean, you have you have every single day parentless kids developing here. We just had last week in Meriden. There was a woman shot, murdered, outside of her apartment building by a boyfriend. I don't know who it is. It was domestic violence. Murdered, shot multiple times. Teenage kid, two little kids. Now they're with, with, thank God for grandma. Thank God for grandma. But grandma's not all, as young as she was anymore to be taking care of these kids. This is the problem. And, and I, and I honestly, I mean, I know you're a libertarian. I, I respect that. I, I lay this mostly at the feet of the church because too many times churches are afraid to address moral issues because they don't want to upset people because they're going to leave. They're going to go. They won't stay around. And we turn our, we turn a blind eye to people shacking up. We've been doing it for 50 years. We don't address the issue and then we let, let it go. And then now you see, you see this complete breakdown of the family that's causing kids to just be in absolute. I mean, I have to say for the DCF people that I've worked with over the years, I've worked with some really good people. The casework, I would, wouldn't be a DCF caseworker. You couldn't pay me enough to do that job. I've got people in my church that work DCF, DCF. Good, good, loving, caring people. I don't blame it on the state. I blame it on, on the family, and I blame the family disintegration on the church. But that's that's just me. Well, look, you know, if, if you can get them into the church, you know, maybe, maybe you can talk to them. I, I blame the government because, you know, the government facilitates this with the money. It is the money. Uh, this, you know, government has decided that it is cheaper uh, to uh, uh, pay people to have children outside marriage than it is to take the kids and put them into a group home or put them up for, for adoption. And it may look cheaper, you know, superficially, but yeah. the long-term consequences exactly. Uh, are, exactly. are disastrous. All these disturbed kids, uh, all these unhappy lives, all these unhealthy lives, because there's a huge link between between this and 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 medical problems. Uh, this is a, a, a catastrophe. Well, it is. It is, and I see it every day, and, it, and it's heartbreaking to me. I, I just. You know, I, again, I you don't have no idea how much trouble I'm going to get in because I just went on that non-marriage rant. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I just I just feel like it, it's a fixable problem. It, it's not a it's not a fatalistic. Oh, we can't do anything about a problem. It's fixable. It may take a generation of people to fix it, but it's a fixable problem. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that younger generation is starting to tune into this. The people who are the victims of parents that got divorced, parents that wouldn't stay together, parents that never got married and split up anyway. I hope those kids now are going to become responsible else, responsible parents. They'll consider the gravity of what it means to be to bring a child into the world and they'll be they'll be parents and they'll stick it out and they'll make it work. Uh, I hope that's going to be outcomes. I just don't have any faith in government, Chris. I have no faith in government at all. Well, I I, I blame the government well because I think it's the 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 subsidies here that determine the conduct without the subsidies the conduct wouldn't happen well they were doing this before there were subsidies chris you know people well, no, were acting, we people we were acting badly have... before there were subsidies well yeah yeah but we didn't have the the institutionalization of no, not like it is outside not. marriage right. Right. before the subsidies came along i Absolutely. mean I, i've seen so many cases where you you have a, a single woman taking care of you know two three four five kids 
Yeah. Uh, and it wouldn't have happened if the state wasn't giving her money every month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, there's a, there's a strong case to be made for that. But don't forget, there's a lot of job security and poverty. There's a lot of people working and having jobs because people are poor. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> poverty is an is is an industry. It's an industry. And, and listen, an industry. you know, men know this. Uh, you know, I don't want to blame just the women. Men know this perfectly well too. They they know if they impregnate somebody and then abandon her, that's okay. The government's going to take care of it. I mean, I, I blame the men more than I blame the women, quite frankly, because I think the men. The men will do anything they can. Men have one thing on, in their mind most of the time. The men will do anything they can to satisfy what they need to have satisfied. And then they, it's, oh, well, I don't have any responsibility for this. Yeah, They're the hands off. Will not, for the most part, the government will not come after them for, for child support. No, we'll no, there's hold, a bunch of deadbeat dads out there. Oh, gosh. Okay. Chris, we have to go. Thank you for coming on today. I hope, hope I didn't get you too fired up. It's a, <laughs> no, always a pleasure. I, I, I had not depressed you too much. So. No, we're good. We're good, Chris. Talk, talk to you next week. Thank you very much, right. yes. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and uh, more of your calls, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842, right here on the Will Marotti Show. Tuesday edition of the Will Marotti Show. We'll be right back. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Ten forty WTIC News Talk 1080. So, uh, if you missed the first hour of the show or, or the prior half hour of the show, we we're talking about a, a, a case where a nurse was uh, criminally charged and found guilty uh, on two charges in the death of a patient that she was caring for and now faces, uh, faces some significant jail time, potentially. And the question was, should medical professionals, if making a mistake that results in injury or death, should they be held criminally liable? Uh, or is, this, is, this, is it the nurse's fault? Is it, is it a more structural problem within the hospital setting where hospitals are understaffed and nurses feel the pressure to maybe maybe what you would say take shortcuts uh you know is is this a problem within the hospital that the the the, the normalization of deviations where protocols are are skipped jump changed is this a problem is this a problem and and maybe it's a why is only the nurse being charged why isn't the hospital staff why is the hospital administrator why not the administrator of the hospital why aren't they being charged right or is this exactly what should happen? The nurse should go to jail and lost her license already. So, uh, you, you know, it, it's a tough, it's a tough question to be sure. Then, um, Chris Powell and I had a had a, a rousing discussion on the problem of uh, child, children, not in just Connecticut but across the country, breakdown of the family. Can government fix that? Is that the problem? Can government fix it? I say no. I say government doesn't have the ability to fix that problem. They have the ability to to respond. They're like in a lot of ways they're like doctors who only treat symptoms and not and not causes. That's what the state does. The state responds to symptoms. They are very bad at fixing the problem, fixing what caused the problem. They just respond, you know. And that's why you'll have a law. One time something will happen and there'll be a law, uh, uh, some restrictive nonsensical regulation that restricts this from ever happening again. Because one thing happened wrong, and, and now they have to respond to it. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I know. Here's a story. This is a story just came out last week. The golden rule brings Americans together. Listen to this. 
And 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 this is a group. This is listen. This was a poll that was taken, survey. Ninety six percent of people embrace the concept that's found in almost every faith tradition, almost every religion. Right? Do unto others as you do unto yourself. Right? That's how the, the stated. Go- it's not really the biblical golden rule, but that's the stated go- golden rule. Ninety six percent of people said they agree with it. Here's the group that's the most supportive. Are you ready for this? Eighteen and twenty nine year olds. The most supportive group of that rule, 18 to 29-year-olds. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's, they say it's a very, it either it was, is, it was, this is a Marist poll, either very necessary or necessary part of personal life. Again, that should give you great faith in America. If 96 out of 100 people believe that that's true and that's how we should live, then it's only the 4% of the wingnuts that are screwing everything up. <laughs> oh, Help me, please. 800-966-9842. Joey, poor Joey's having a heart attack today, but he just, these are, well, I just, this is how I see it. And this is how I I share things to you from my perspective. And I see him, I call him like I see him. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Let's go to the center of the universe. Waterbury. Charles, welcome to the show. Good morning, Pastor Well, It's always the lowest person on the totem pole that gets the buck gets passed. You know? well, eventually. <laughs> you know, it's a real messed up system, though, really. What? We don't talk much about it. It's the court system. Yeah. You know, you know I... lawyers, you know, they get to sue everybody for malpractice, but they, do they have malpractice insurance? I don't know, but they should. Well, that's part of it. when we talk but about tort, tort reform. That's part that's of it. Huge brotherhood. You know what that's all about. Especially well, they, again, thick as thieves. <laughs> judges are appointed in Connecticut, and uh, I had two cousins, uh, both Superior Court judges. One yeah. passed on, but you know, one from each family. But uh, in uh, Michigan, where he was, may he rest in peace. He um, he was elected, so you got to go out there and work and meet people and everything else. Judges in Connecticut are appointed. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm really getting to, there was a case recently, uh, no names mentioned, recently uh, in the region of Waterbury. And uh, this guy had a nice business, and he made a mistake with a credit card working with the town, and he was a physician in the fire department. Yeah. And the federal government, he got caught, and he admitted it, so to speak. The federal government offered him a three-month uh, deal to go and probably you know, feds are usually f- almost full term, but three months yeah. isn't bad. You know right. he wasn't. He just caught caught up financially in something. Yeah. So he gets this lawyer. Oh, I'll get you off the three months. He talks like that. Oh, three months. I'll get you. You want to go? <laughs> he carried that guy's case for about five years. Like my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah. A hundred and eighty thousand dollars later. Are you kidding me? Wait, here's the catch. Here's the catcher. He got the same sentence that the feds offered him in the in the beginning. Oh my gosh! A hundred and eighty thousand. Well, coming from the family, I know this uh, family very well. Matter of fact, we're related distantly. I'm related to a lot of people. Uh, we're probably related, Charles. We could be. My mm-hmm. mother's family. May they all rest in peace. Fourteen mm-hmm. children. Oh my gosh! At one time in Waterbury, we had ninety. It's a whole cousins. baseball team. Somebody That's said we well, should have ran for politics then. Well, unfortunately, right. I was like seven yeah, the, years old. Yeah, the votes to put it over. 
So anyways, but imagine $180,000 and promising all this baloney. It's a terrible thing. You know, it's a flawed system, Charles, but on balance, it's still the best system in the world. We still have the best legal system. We still have the best. I mean, again, is it messed up? At times, it's very messed up because it's made up of people. Yeah. Somebody can make an accusation about you, yeah, and you got to prove them wrong. And yeah. when the police—it starts with the police. Yeah. I agree. A lot of police departments right now—they're the best we can get and the best yeah. we ever have. But there are certain few that have vendettas, and they hold things against people, and they carry it on generational. I yeah. believe. But well, the you... problem is, it costs so much money to prove that you're right. You put your—you bury yourself financially. It's yeah. not fair. Well, that's the thing. Whoever's got the most money ends up winning the case. That's kind of how it works power. out. And it's, and it's, not, it's not fair. But I always tell people, listen, you know, people that go out there, they're looking for a perfect church. And I tell people all the time, if you find a perfect church, please don't go to it because you'll ruin it. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's not the best system, but it's, but it's a good system. Charles, thank you so much for your call. Let's go to Glastonbury, Mike. Mike, go ahead. Oh, hi, Pastor. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm better than I deserve. How about you? <laughs> Uh, I'll take that, too, uh, if I can take a little bit of that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I was wondering with all of these, uh, well, not all of these, but quite a few stories, including part of your chat with uh, Mr. Powell. Yeah. Uh, the issue came up kind of on the side of my mind. I just kind of floated across, so I thought I'd throw it <laughs> off you. And that is, uh, with a lot of problems that at least some states across the nation have. Yeah. Uh, the demographics were quoted again. You mentioned a few minutes ago, and yeah. I forget who you were quoting. But yeah, it was like Maris Paul, 18 to 29-year-olds are the most supportive of, yeah. of the reality of the golden rule and the necessity of life of a, in life. Right. Now, if, if certain foundation stones which are cited as truisms from demographic surveys serve as a main basis for decision-making within a part of a state government. Uh, didn't several experts recently leave the Connecticut state government? They were advisors <laughs> to the governor. Oh, boy. Didn't yeah. I? Didn't yeah, I you, you might have seen that, before? yes. Or, Mike, you might have seen that, yes. Well, doesn't that probably also mean that the state has to go out and hire some more so-called experts that yeah. like to try to steer or design their uh, programs or soon-to-exist programs on the basis of demographics and citations of evidence that it would such and such would be a good program because they can quote an agency or they can quote yeah. a survey they can yeah. quote statistics to, to keep designing these programs well I, I think you got you got to make a case on something right i mean if you're selling yeah. something you gotta you gotta make, why should you buy this product why should you buy this service you gotta make a case on something now sometimes the, the people say things that are accurate sometimes they shade them sometimes they just invent them yeah. you know um but well, products are designed in part to solve a problem. But mm -hmm. as you know, yeah. from time to time, you or I or anybody will purchase a thing that was designed to work efficiently or solve certain problems. And yeah. it has other problems of its own that come right. along. Right. 
and whether they're selling the thing for fourteen dollars and ninety five cents or, or or fourteen billion dollars, <laughs> uh, it gets kind of interesting. So I wonder, does the yeah. state of Connecticut have a part of its budget that is set aside? for just solving problems. Could you look into that and see if I they... certainly can, but I'm going to guess no. I mean, they'll say they do. Each department yeah. probably does, but and, I guarantee they... We, then what we have is a kind of a hidden uh, thing, a shape. I'll call it pathology, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it poses as a uh, forget about it or no problem here or uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there or we'll sure. fall into the creek when we get there. Sure. Uh, kind of thing because they've got to set aside money for screw ups, and well, uh, I, I, a lot of news is covering increasingly some of the screw ups. The reason you don't have to set aside money for screw ups if you're a government is because yeah. you have the power to control the narrative and you can hide it. Well, that's also like having a portable script. Well, that's of course <laughs> why they put these three-pound erasers on the end of a three-inch pencil. You know, you you, you got to do a lot of erasing from time to time. Well, and, and that happens. The story changes a lot, as you know, well, Mike. Connecticut is not alone in being one of these areas. It seems to me, Doc, and I mean the pastor, and then I'll let you go. And that okay. is. All of a sudden, a, a big silence will develop after yeah. a screw-up appears, and we won't maybe hear anything about it for the next 16 months, and then it'll pop out again. So I'm just wondering how the state budgets uh, in terms of forensics or the pathology yeah. of the problems, because the more we brag about ourselves, as the man once said, no matter which way we turn, our behind is still behind us. <laughs> I I will put some uh, homework into that, Mike. I I don't think I'm going to come out with a, a satisfactory oh, no, answer, no, no, but no, I just, but I'll definitely put some homework into that and see if there is any contingency lot, contingency program. Mike, thank you so much. Uh, all right, listen, we're going to take a break and come up for the last call of the day. I'm not taking any Academy Award calls, by the way. I'm not. We're not addressing the Academy Award things. Uh, if it wasn't for the Will Smith thing, nobody would even know they were on. So I'm not I'm not handling those calls today or, or at all. So I'm just not even bothering with that. So uh, if if that's what you're calling about, uh, we're gonna not uh, not do that um, today. So thank you. We'll come back. We're gonna set up for the between rounds bagel last call of the day. If you if you're the last call of the day, you get a dozen free bagels from six months, and they're delicious. I've had them. I love them. Don't go away. It could be you. You could win. Call in right now. All right, we are down to the last caller of the day, the Between, round, between Rounds Bagel last call of the day. We're going to go to Maria in West Hartford. Maria, congratulations, you've won. Oh, wow, that's uh, amazing, and I love bagels. <laughs> well, they're wonderful, and they have great, uh, just awesome man, uh, locations in Manchester, South Windsor, Vernon, uh, Tolland. Maria, I've got about 30 seconds. Go ahead. Okay, the nurse that lost her license for the uh, incident, I don't yes. know much about it, but doctors lose patients all the time without losing their license, sometimes yeah. through negligence, uh, sometimes through just the way things are. And uh, the, this thing about being uh, assumed guilty before investigation's got to go. That's not yeah, the American yeah. way. No, it's the not, other it's, thing that's is, English system. Hey, Maria, thing, I'm sorry. i got to yeah. let you go. We're out of okay. time. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Uh, put you on hold, Maria. Uh, Joey gets your information. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for listening, especially my listeners in New York City, all around the country. Thank you so, so much. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Love you guys. Take care. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.